Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Conspiranormal Podcast proudly presents... The Strange Realities Conference. Strange Realities. Come join us for one day of presentations on the paranormal with live music at night featuring Tim Banal. The Rise and Fall of the Flat Earth Theory. Joshua Kutchin. Alien Hybrid Lore. Joe Damari. Pushing the Limits of Reality. Guy Malone. Roswell 1947. What Really Happened. Timothy Renner. Pennsylvania Wildman. And added to the lineup, Mark Anthony Wyatt. Cornish Legends and UFO Sightings. Zach Hunt. A presentation of his book on Rapture. Followed by a live recording of the Conspiranormal Podcast. More speakers and music acts to be announced. October 19, 2019, SIR National. Tickets and info at www.strangerealitiesconference.com. $40 at the door, $30 pre-sale. This is Conspiranormal, where the nexus of conspiracy theory and the paranormal meet. And now, we join the show already in progress with your hosts, Adam and Seraphiel. Welcome to the Paranormal guys. Deja vu. Yep. We just did a hour and a half long show with Soraya from Where Did the Road Go. We're doing this a little bit different because we're we closed out the show with him already. And we talked about several things in this interview that were really interesting. Uh talked a little bit about sex magic with Soraya. And any time we have Soraya on, it's just kind of a stream of consciousness flow. But uh, also, you know, I got to talk a little bit to Soraya about his uh, personal experiences and kind of like his own journey into like a, the occult and all kinds of interesting stuff there. So I thought that, uh, you know, that would be good to talk to him because I haven't really actually talked to him about that stuff. Yeah, we got a lot deeper into some occult stuff than I've ever talked to him about. 
yeah so this one this one is really interesting guys and this is our little swap cast with soraya for uh between us and where do the road go so we guys hope you enjoy it um just a few things uh you'll hear us talk about it at the end of this show but strange realities conference is still going on here in nashville tennessee on october 19th of this year if you guys haven't heard about strange realities i don't know where you've been or you've obviously maybe this is the first time you've listened to this show so because we have been talking about it ad infinitum making nuisances of ourselves to please go to strangerealitiesconference.com guys if you want to help us out buy a ticket there pre-sell go to strangerealitiesconference.com go to the book now that you see that will take you straight to the eventbrite i have also put the eventbrite link to it on on our show notes so whenever you see conspiracy will come up on your itunes you will see it there that's also i don't know if that's on spotify or whatever wherever you listen but it's right there for you guys to take advantage of that 30 buck price prepaid all the way up until october 18th there'll be a lot of exclusive information in some of these talks uh yet to be published information by some you know, pretty cool authors with groundbreaking books just around the corner. Yep. So as, you as, can get a head, get a, uh, get a real heads up. Yeah. As we talked about in the last show and also guys, Patreon, uh, still out there, still in effect. We are going, we've, it's just $1 to become a Patreon for us. Uh, that'll get you access for like, I believe it's like 20 something shows now. And plus, uh, we're about to put some more Patreon material that's for our next show that we recorded before this show. It's getting really confusing now. Whoa. It's almost one o'clock in the morning as we're recording this, but uh, we just want to tell you about that. You know, please, you know, you want to help out the show, you can do it that way. You can also, on the conspiranormal.com website, you can leave us a donation there as well if you don't want the recurring thing. And. Leave us a review on iTunes, um, preferably a five-star one if you really like the show. That really helps us out as well, and also helps us get feedback from you guys, too. And don't forget, the YouTube channel is also there. If you, Even if you listen to the show on Just Purely Podcasts and you don't like the video thing, because some people don't, then you just go to YouTube, subscribe, Hit, you know, just subscribe. That'll help us out, too. So that's basically it for all the show notes, guys. We really hope you enjoy this wonderful, awesome interview with Soraya Ascath from Where Did the Road Go? If you want your HR team to hire top talent for your company, tell them about ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology identifies people with the right skills, education, and experience and actively invites them to apply to your company's job posts so you get qualified candidates fast. It's no wonder that ZipRecruiter is rated number one by employers in the U.S. This rating comes from hiring sites on Trustpilot with over 1,000 reviews. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Conspiranormal. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Conspiranormal. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. We're back on Conspiranormal, guys, and this one is really special because we're doing a swap cast with my favorite podcast at the moment. Where did the road go? Is, uh, is it at the moment because I'm on the show with you? Yeah, uh, at the moment because you're on the show with us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, uh, you know, like 
Soraya, you have been a gr- really good supporter of this show. Um, I love your show. I thank you. I love thank yours. You. I consider this show, your show, are like I guess our sister or brother show, very much so because when we're like Mexico to you. About <laughs> a few years ago, uh, 2015, when we first got on the IPBN network, this is how long oh, ago yeah. this was, right? I was checking to see whenever Rocky was playing my show, and I run across this episode with these three guys talking. I had no idea who any of you guys were at the time. And it, but it was one of the UFO ones. It was you, yeah, Cleland, and Gullius. Yeah. Yep. And you guys were talking about the 1980s stuff, and that was the very first show that I ever heard. Just randomly ran across it on that on that stream, and I was just like, these guys are right up my alley. And I sort of, so I just started checking out your show, and would catch a few here and there, and probably really started religiously listening to Where Did the Road Go. About every week, probably about like early 2016, and got a hold nice. of you, had you on the show, mm-hmm. and ever mm-hmm. since then, I don't, I don't miss an episode now. So, um, and I've had the privilege of being on the show on the roundtable episodes quite fairly a lot. regularly. Yeah, yeah, fairly regularly. We just did one, not to just on like, well, we're recording this on Tuesday, the 10th of September. And we did one on Friday, so you'll probably, I think, probably by yes. the time this, this will be up probably, I think, after that, I think. But, uh, you know, we just did Maybe. one, we just did one pretty that, regularly. That, that one for me will air on uh, September 14th. That was a really good listener story one. Yeah, yeah, that that really was. I mean, that, that one story that was, like, rather long that uh, mm-hmm. with the three... Uh, the two figures and the three guys and that was uh i won't go into any detail on it but that was rather yeah. fascinating yeah that's something that's really cool with your show and strange familiars you guys have that those audience stories we do occasionally we occasionally we do get some but you guys yeah. the way you've incorporated that into like a regular feature is really cool and and uh strange familiars gets them more than i do right right because his show i think is most you know geared toward that at this point like investigations and talking to regular people about these things and, and stuff ex- like that experience whereas, really more than anything yeah yeah whereas i i mix it up into the whole mix of everything else and your show is more is more like ours where you know it's 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 the you have the guest mm-hmm. and then like occasionally we you know do the like the round tables and i'm starting to do some of those too like we just did that like the two woke in the 90 series that we just did um it's just you know flat out copying you soraya but you know that's the uh, <laughs> not, imitation not, imitation not really. is the best form of flattery oh uh, it's it's not quite copying <laughs> so we we're honored to be on this like swap cast with you um like you like i said you have one of the best shows out there so well thank you we were going to get into this subject with another guest, and I had to reschedule that, and we'll still have that up in about a couple of weeks, I believe. Um, but you've you've did a couple of shows, I think, just recently on like this whole concept of like sex magic. <gasps> yeah, well, probably more tantra. 
than okay. sex magic, but yeah. What's the what's the difference there between tantra and sex magic? Because I've always uh, equated them as being well, the same there, thing. There's there's crossovers, but tantra is energy based. Sex magic doesn't necessarily have to have anything to do with energy. It can. Um, is it you, you, Western you, you and Eastern also? Huh? Is it Western and Eastern as far as like tantra is uh, more Eastern or comes from? Yeah, the, the concepts are they come from definitely come from each Eastern teachings, um, and tantra. If I'm remembering right, tantra is more than just like sex magic. I think there's a whole right. uh, beliefs or not not belief system, but a lot of writings that are not about sexual stuff. Yeah, dealing with tantra because um, everyone always associates it. Uh, so looking it up real quick just so I get the definition right. Tantra denotes the esoteric traditions of Hinduism and Buddhism that co-developed and most likely about the middle of the first millennium AD. The term Tantra in the Indian traditions also means any systematic, broadly applicable text, theory, system, method, instrument, technique, or practice. Very broad. Yes, yeah. But but a lot of that comes from the, the control of like a of energy. of the body and of yes. yeah and energy and so on and so forth and so sex magic would be more in line i guess with like a western esoteric tradition and maybe more like a recent more recent yeah i don't know if it's necessarily recent if you look back to like uh, well more recent than tantra definitely sure um but if you look back, like someone like Austin Osmond Spare, he would take uh, bottles and create sigils and put the sigils in the bottles and then have a sexual release into those bottles and then he'd go bury them. If I'm remembering the, the methodology right, that's what he would do. Uh, and that was his sex magic practice. And you get a lot of chaos magicians who do something very similar to that. Um, I believe Ren had a crude way of putting it to you. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. You know, it's basically masturbating onto a sigil. Right. And that's, you know, a very simplistic sort of thing. And I think that stuff tends to work because at the point of orgasm, you have sort of a disconnect. You know, your your, your different levels of consciousness kind of merge for a moment. Or at least this consciousness kind of disconnects for a second. And the fluid is charged, potentially. Right. Yes. It's It's as charged as blood is. And I don't know why those things make a difference, but they do. Like, there's yeah. something about our energy that, that survives in this stuff. And the kind of, like, a, a general discrepancy between the two, at least in the popular imagination, would be that the a lot of the tantric stuff, too, is about delaying orgasm, and some of this newer uh, sex magic is about harnessing the power of orgasm itself. Yeah, I guess you could say that. I mean, with Tantra, it's not just delaying orgasm, but it's building energy. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. you know, you, you build it to a point you don't have an orgasm. See, there's, there's also a right and left-hand path tantras, yeah, Tantra practices. Yeah. So, like, the right-hand path, you never have an orgasm. You're supposed to get to the point where that energy Ouch. and that fluid turns inwards at the point of orgasm. Is that what Sting, and, is that what sting does? <laughs> I have no idea what Sting does. And as soon as you doesn't say he sting, talk about I, I, that? Like he, I don't, I, I don't follow Sting at all. Yeah, but I think he t says that. Like he's like he can go for hours or some something like that. It, it you take, know, it, it, it takes me a moment to realize you're not talking about the wrestler. <laughs> yeah, yeah, got gotcha. you. Okay, right, right. Yeah, 
Sting, the police. That's what I uh, <laughs> <laughs> But continue, but, please. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you could potentially, but I mean, anyone could if you let, if you don't just, you know, if you let it build it and wane here and there. Plus, it builds up your tolerance if you do that. But I mean, there there are solo practices in Tantra where a Tantra practitioner would literally have an orgasm without expelling anything. Uh-huh. And the idea would be that would be completely changed into internal energy. Mostly okay. for things like kundalini raising. Right. And, you know, so, so right-hand path is sort of the abstaining from, and the left-hand path is, you know, indulging in and using the energy. And that would also tie into more recent new thought ideas of sexual sublimation, even popularized by, like, Napoleon Hill and stuff like that. I don't know that much about that. Oh, yeah. Some of the new thought guys really took those kind of ideas about harnessing sexual energy and uh, really calling it. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a whole chapter. There's a whole chapter in thinking grow rich about that. That's kind of downplayed. Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sex with the art of sexual sublimation or something like that. He's talking about the same thing. He's talking about using and directing. That's Dale Carnegie's thinking grow rich. No, no, no. Napoleon Hill. Napoleon Hill. Yeah. Okay. But still was just as popular, but. But that even continued into that. So those ideas are, you know, have been out there for a long time, popularized in oh, Western yeah. culture, yeah. too. I mean, and and the thing is, be if you're with someone who actually can harness energy as well and control it, then, you know, you can utilize both people's energy. But I think, too, the difference between, like, the sigil masturbatory magic is that you have a specific goal. You know, you're, you're trying to, to perform a ritual for a specific result. Whereas, like, the more tantric stuff is for raising energy, enlightenment, things like that. Right. A higher spiritual goal. Right. Yeah, it's a more spiritual goal goal to the whole thing. Not that you couldn't use it otherwise, but it just, it lends itself to a more spiritual goal a lot easier. Well, what is the association with sex magic and, and, I guess, Crowley? Oh, Crowley experimented with everything. Um, so Crowley loved sex magic. I mean, Crowley was openly bisexual in a ter- time period where it was illegal. I mean, yeah. really illegal. Um, so he had sex with everyone and everything. Um, he came up with some really messed up rituals. Like at one point, he tried to have his wife have sex with a goat. And his goal was to have the goat in her while he killed it. <laughs> Parental advisory. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's that's to put it mildly. And Jeez. I think it didn't work. And I think like he couldn't well, get he... the goat interested in his wife. <laughs> and uh put some put some hay or paper on her, man. And, and uh so he ended up having sex with her and and like cutting the goat's throat while they were having sex or something like that. That's a typical Saturday so he, Saturday night at Beliskin House. That, that, that was some of the stuff that went down at the Thalema, uh, Abbey of Thalema in Italy. Okay, yeah. That's what I was yeah, wondering about that. Yeah, because that was probably at his point where he was like the most, I think, debauched, debauched and decadent yeah. was at Abbey yeah. of Thalema. And, and to the point where people actually died. Like the one yep. guy that, that, that died yeah, there, yeah. you know? Yep. I don't remember the exact situation there, but yeah, one guy died there. Right. right. So there's also someone else that died with him in the desert, if I remember right, when he was doing the 
uh, oh, what was the name of the demon? Coronazon that he was yeah. trying to summon. Yeah. That was the whole of the whole abyss. Was that traversing the yeah. abyss thing? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Right. It- so, yeah, Crowley. Crowley. I mean, Crowley was brilliant, but he wasn't always a good person. Right. And but what he what he got into as far as like uh, I know Ram was talking about stuff. I've read speculations about the early OTO that there was already a lot of sex magic going on. Yeah. Yeah. In the OTO. It's not on the level he took it to. Right, right. But those ideas are really there, and uh, the the new OTOs really recently came to um, giving cre- a lot of credit to uh, Beverly Randolph for a lot of the sex magic ideas that, that Crowley developed. He at, he at least was under a strong influence, though he, he you know, kind of uh, did it with a lot less moralism because P.B. Randolph was very moralistic about it. This has to be in the bounds of marriage and this and that. Mm. But recently uh, they've really came out and given him a lot of a lot of credit. Or what, What's your thoughts on P.B. Randolph? Have you read a lot about him? I don't. No, I don't know much about him at all. Um, I would, I would, no, it's totally cool. I would, uh, recommend looking into it. Um, he's, uh, founded one of the first Rosicrucian orders that wasn't through the Masons, uh, as well as being a hashish importer and a promoter of sex magic and was, Hmm. uh, a man of mixed race, half black in America in the late 1800s. It's a fascinating story. You should definitely look into it. But okay. he he actually formed one of his magical brotherhoods here in Nashville that only lasted a few months, and uh, that's one of my projects right now. I'm really trying to find out if I can find any more local local information on it. See, I lost interest in a lot of the organizational aspects of it. Um, I kind of went off onto a, a chaos magic sort of path yeah, without yeah, realizing yeah. there was chaos magic just because I didn't like a lot of the ceremony and pomp and circumstance around a lot of the stuff. I totally understand. Well, sir, I don't know if I've ever asked you, but like, you know, how does that, this like journey into like this, like chaos magic or the occult stuff, how'd that start for you? Uh, let's see. Where did that start for me? It was heavy, um, heavy I was always I was always interested in the paranormal. I think the first stuff I looked at was Wiccan, and I was really hesitant. But I had a friend, and she kept being you know she was really into it, and she lent me a book, and I read the book. It was like, oh, this is really interesting, you know, because it was a nature religion and all this. I'm like, yeah, this makes sense. And then I picked up, you know, she lent me a couple other books, and at some point, I'm like. You know, they're they're treating it like this lineage of this ancient religion, but it's Wicca. And I didn't realize Wicca was created in the 1950s. And it only took a little bit of looking to realize, oh, this is all BS. You yeah, know, this Gerald is Gerald not... Gardner and all that, yeah. And so I kind of dropped away from that a little bit. And I had a, another friend who was really into Crowley and the Church of Satan. And so she's going, I initially stayed away from the Church of Satan stuff because it just, you know, I didn't know anything about it. And it was, I was, I wasn't raised Christian necessarily. My parents were Christian by name. You know what I mean? Like they were Christian because that's what you were supposed to be. They never went to church. They never did anything about it. Uh, My grandparents were very religious, but my exposure to religion was very slight. However, I was still brought up in that sort of mindset. So Satan, why would I want to do something that had something to do with Satan, you know? 
And as I started reading Crowley, I started seeing some similarities in some of his experiences with mine. And I was like, oh, this is really interesting. And this and this woman kept going, read the, read the Satanic Bible. It's not what you think. And so finally I broke down and read that and went, oh, this is like a sociopolitical type of thing. This is kind of interesting. And so it just kind of like kept going like that. But reading some of Crowley's stuff and picking up, I read a lot of Israel Regarde, um, because Crowley was my main focus when I started reading this stuff. And I just really didn't like the ritualistic aspect. I didn't know if I even really believed in any of it until I started trying stuff and it worked. And I was like, oh, so that actually works. Interesting. Well, what kind of stuff would you try that would, that would, uh, just that little, would work? Just little rituals. Just little rituals to, to cause yeah. things to happen. Okay. And I wrote everything down because at some point it was put in my head that I needed to write everything down, not just the things I was doing, but the stuff going on around it, which made no sense to me until, you know, I talked to people like Jeff Ritzman and, and Mike Cleland who are like, well, what was happening at your life around that time? And I was going, oh my God, I can find out. <laughs> so was it to the point that you were having like these weird synchronicities? Was this, was this the kind of thing that was going on? Part of, I mean, Part it's been it. so yeah. long. It's and not a lot of that early stuff I didn't write down. Um, I know I tried doing things like sending people dreams, and then I talked to the person the next day, and I'd say, "So, did you have any interesting dreams last night?" Without telling them I did anything, and they'd be like, "Oh my god, I had a dream about you last night," and I'd be like, "Huh." And I was able to do it fairly consistently, where I was like, "Okay, this actually seems to be a thing." Well, just that mental breakthrough of realizing that you can do things like that things. yeah yeah i mean that gives you so much more power because now you believe in it and we all know about the power of belief so it's just from there and, and oddly enough that i got that idea from king diamond because on the yes. conspiracy record yes. one of the songs ends with i will send you a dream and yes. i went did you do that can you send someone a dream it's a great and apparently album. you can he's got a it? lot of great stories man we should all try to get him on one of our shows he's oh. got all kinds of paranormal stories i've read really oh yeah i have an old interview up on the last exit page uh that was actually done on the metallic onslaught before any of the people who are now associated with it were doing it but he's talking about doing like different rituals and stuff and how at one point there was like uh this something in his house and it would growl at people he's like the coolest danish guy too he's like he's he's awesome um and uh have you have you seen him a few times i probably oh yeah, quite, yeah. A, quite a few times as a performer i mean it it blew me away all of that stuff it's not studio like he can hit all that live it's crazy Some, the octaves. sometimes i've seen him when he can hit it and i've seen it when he can okay okay well you know fair enough i'll give it to, you know when i saw him, man it was he was on point it was awesome and I also think if you're there live, you'd notice it less when he doesn't than like, you know, like we had a bootleg from a show he did in Syracuse and the show sounded great. But then when I listened to the recording, I'm going, huh, doesn't sound as good on the recording. <laughs> so I think the energy of being there gives you, you know, it's like auto tune. Yeah. <laughs> you don't care as much. You're not hearing it as clear. It's loud. But when you're hearing it on a recording, you're listening at a more normal volume going, oh, he's a little off there. Gotcha. And, a little off there. So, so for you, Soraya, the the role that's kind of like the Kundalini awakening. I mean, what role did that play in all this? Uh well, that's that was just a nightmare. I didn't that didn't play a direct role in any of it. I mean, that was really? just me not knowing what's wrong with me. You yeah. know, but it 
it enhanced those abilities without me realizing that's what it was doing. Um, it totally enhanced all that stuff. So the reason I could probably so easily do some of this stuff was because of the Kundalini. So do you feel like you were able to transmute that Kundalini or sexual energy into transforming things in your life or in physical reality? Uh, you, Raise the question like, better. Do you think that that Kundalini awakening gave you more magical power to have a bigger yes. influence? Yes, I, th I think it definitely changed the amount of influence. Um, it's it supercharges you. It really does. I think it's whatever that energy is is probably the energy we use to connect with the rest of the universe. I mean, everyone has Kundalini. It's not something that is. Uh, unique to one or two people. Everyone has it. Everyone can wake it up. Most people won't and probably shouldn't. Um, but I didn't have a choice. I was one of those people where it just woke up spontaneously. And there was, all, there was almost no literature for that type of stuff at the time. Hmm. I found out by find, finding a book in, uh, on, uh, oh, what's the book company? Um, Llewellyn. Uh, I had a book called Kundalini and the Chakras, and I got that. That was the first book I read on Kundalini, and that was – it was okay. It gave me a concept of what I was dealing with. It gave me some breathing exercises that helped me control it and gave me a, you know, a little bit of an understanding of it. But then I had to dig deeper into some more of the traditional sources to get any real grasp on how to, how to deal with what I was dealing with because the modern sort of stuff, especially the New Age stuff – doesn't treat a spontaneous awakening where suddenly it's just awake and doing what it wants because that is what it does. It does whatever it wants and you don't really get a say. Yeah. It's just, it's just a spontaneous thing. It just, it just starts happening to you. Uh, I remember mm -hmm. you, you've said this before too, that when you had that happen to you and you read communion, you drew some really, interesting parallels to between what happened to you and what was going on with Streber. Well, as he wasn't, described it wasn't, in the book. It wasn't the Kudalini. That was more the occult stuff. Um, I have a oh. notebook somewhere, and I think what I wrote down in the notebook was, so I'm having some of the same experiences that Streber's having, except in my, in my experiences, these things are being viewed as shadow entities and, and a sort of an occult viewpoint on it. And Streber's getting it from like a UFO type viewpoint, but I'm like, but if I strip away the, the mask, what's happening is very, very similar. And I think it was transformation that did it. I don't remember what in transformation, but something in transformation clicked. And I went, oh my God, I've had that happen, but it, because of a UFO experience, you know, and I'm like, what if we're dealing with the same thing? Hmm. And so you've had these, you've had a couple of weird UFO experiences. Yes, yes. So they came much later. Like my first real UFO sighting wasn't until like 2000. And you saw some like like a was that the one where you saw like the huge like mile yeah. long craft or whatever? Right. Yeah. That was the gigantic thing with incredibly bright lights that just slowly moved down into the lake. Like it actually went into the lake. I don't know. I couldn't see that far down. Weird. <laughs> but it was dropping down. Wow. There was nothing under it but the lake. Yeah. Like the USO I mean, for, kind of thing. Yeah. And and for all I know, it disappeared as soon as I lost sight of it. You know, it just blinked out. And Whoa. again, that 
that happened after probably the biggest shift in my life right there. Um, like right. that was just a couple months later. So not knowing that when I went back to look and I'm like, well, what was happening? Oh, that it's like, yeah, I guess that would summon a big UFO. Well, you know, you mentioned Jeff Ritzman and we've never had him on this show, but you've had him on where to the road go quite a lot. Mm-hmm. But this is whole idea of just like the liminal, liminal aspect of life. When you're in the liminal place in your life, these weird things start happening to you. Mm-hmm. So is that something that you've experienced as well? Absolutely. I didn't know it. I mean, yeah. it wasn't till I, again, the fact that I kept all that information allowed me to look back and go, huh? Yeah. It is stuff happening, right? It's not always, but some of the bigger events happened right when things were shifting or right after things shifted in my life. Right. And initially, I thought it was because that I thought it was like, um, okay, so your life has changed and now you're noticing things you didn't notice before. And so now some of these paranormal things that may have been there all along are becoming more noticeable. When I talked to to, um, to Hansen about it, who wrote The Trickster and the Paranormal, he said that in his work, it has nothing to do with that. It's literally that this stuff appears in liminal in liminal structures. And I'm still not entirely sure what to make of that, other than the fact that if we're contributing to it, that maybe it, we need to be in that liminal state for that energy to kind of like interact stronger with the environment. Well, maybe it's more about it's an agent of change. Yeah, well, that's know, also so, a possibility. Yeah, so when you're in the liminal state, you're moving from one to another. So it's a you know it's an energy, maybe something like your Kundalini awakening or something similar. It it pushes you into that or it's, you know, it's a pole. And, and Kripal at some point, and I don't know where I took the note, but he was on someone's show and he was, maybe it was Rune Soup. And he said, uh, the paranormal or the supernatural is something that happens to you when you need it or when it matters or something like that. Cause he was talking about trying to just, you know, trying to distill the stuff in a lab. And he's like, the problem is there's nothing. It's, it's not, you know, it's so dry. It's just let's try this, let's try this. Let's. There's no one. There's no emotional investment to it. Yeah. Whereas most paranormal stuff happens either because you need it to push you forwards, or because you're somehow emotionally invested in it. Yeah, I can agree with that. Yeah, I think a lot of us can. I can agree with that. I mean, I I've had see, I. I've told you this a million times, but you know, I've had my experience when I was a child, you know, mm-hmm. and that's kind of like probably like the biggest paranormal thing that I've ever have happened to me. Okay. But it, recently I've had weirder, just kind of, and it's kind of died down now a little bit, but I've just kind of had like weirder synchronicities in my life. You start hanging out with me. Yeah. That have just, <laughs> but, but, it's, but it's like, but what really. What was weird was these things started to happen. I'm not going to go into any details because it, revol- it revolves around a person. But these things started to happen when I took place in that like angel summoning ritual that Ren did at Paramania. Mm, okay. Right. And, and and when I did that, it was it was just kind of a lark to me. I I really didn't think anything of it. Mm-hmm. We I, I don't know like you know I took it seriously. But I wasn't just like, okay, I'm just, I felt like more like an observer of that moment. 
but after it happened these synchronicities and this weird stuff started to kind of happen and it was this catalyst that actually kind of pushed me forward in life so it was like mm-hmm. you know i talked to ren about this and you know he said like you know when when you're you engage in magic all of a sudden these things start to happen in your life so is that something that in your experience that you've definitely encountered oh yeah yeah i mean that's that's how i started actually getting into it because that's exactly what happened is i like you i kind of just i didn't take it i can't say i didn't take it seriously but i didn't think anything was going to work so i just kind of threw it all out there and then when i started getting responses back the responses never stopped you know, it completely changed the way I interfaced with the world and the way I reacted to the world around me. And I will say reading Crowley helped me deal with a lot of that stuff. Hmm. There was a lot of things I took to heart that I read in his stuff where I was like, okay, that actually helped me deal with this. Because a lot of the stuff he had also came from the Eastern traditions. Yeah. So it wasn't like, you know, one of the things that's been irritating me lately is that you get... Uh, and I'm probably going to piss somebody off. Um, but you get a lot of people who get invested in, like, say, ghost hunting or whatever. And they have this whole, like, uh, this whole thing. This is this and this is this and this is this. And none of it comes from anything other than somebody along the line said, oh, if you get a three of something, that means it's mocking the Trinity and it's a demon. Right. Or the three scratches or the three dots yeah, on the door. Right. Oh, exactly. God. And it's like everything becomes part of this belief system that's not based on anything substantial. It's just arbitrary, like, we're assuming this is one thing. We happen to be Christian, so we believe in demons. So then this is this, and this is this, and it's not... How did one person put it to me? I had a a medium on once, and I thought she would be like this. And when, I, when we got talking a little bit about demons, she goes, I don't really think there are demons. She's like, I think there are things that are not friendly to us. She's like, but sometimes I think it's something trying to get our attention and it doesn't realize it's hurting us. So it might scratch us, but it does. it's not trying to hurt us. It's just trying as hard as it can to get our attention. Like what we might play with a bug. <laughs> right, right. If you're try, trying to get a moth to move or something and accidentally kill it. He's because like, oh. you touch it so hard. <laughs> So, I mean, but that, you know, listening to some of these people spout out, you know, their lore on what all this stuff is, and they're absolutely certain about it. Right. I th- I think can be more detrimental to the people who are experiencing the stuff. Yeah. Because, again, like you were saying, belief is important. And if you're telling someone they have a demon, yeah, that. That's not something you want someone to force into reality, you know? That That is something that could be essentially dangerous. I mean, I think a lot of that, what you're talking about there, Soraya, um, unfortunately comes from the Warrens. It's, it starts think, with the Warrens, I think yes. they put a lot of that into their work, and then it just seeped into popular culture, and it seeped into whoever else that they trained. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I really noticed this this whole thing recently of just how... They really came from that whole like Catholic traditionalist um, tradition, oh, yeah. and the, you know like Malachi Martin and all those guys, and you know that stuff has become really popularized now because of the movies, like the, the yep. whole Conjuring and the Conjuring universe, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like, and it's real, it's really steeped into this real traditional Catholicism, and 
um i felt like when i watched just as an aside when i watched that last one the the nun i felt like i, I never was being, watched it i felt like i was being like it was like a it was like a catholic uh like a recruiting film that's what i felt maybe like, mel know? gibson has something to do with it yeah <laughs> <laughs> but i think going well, back the, to what you were saying like the uh it's it's that people can't deal with uncertainty, and whereas a lot of this phenomenon to people like us who are used who are kind of as existential and used to uncertainty and the absurd, you know, we're like, oh well, yeah, this is you know, it's just confirming what we already kind of are starting to learn about reality through our lives. But to a lot of people, they they need these systems and they need certainty, and they try to put certainty on top of shit that's is just totally blowing out, yeah. you know, all these paradigms. Well, and and popular culture and, and horror movies don't help. I mean, this 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 is the, yeah. this this comes from this whole idea. Hollywood has really tainted. It is a the lot mythology of the, su- of the people, right? I mean, the, the supernatural stuff has been really tainted, I think, by Hollywood. So this is where you get those ideas of like the three, the, the all these like mocking of the Holy Trinity and like you know mm-hmm. the knocking three times. I've actually heard that described. I think uh, Dave Schrader described like, well, when you normally knock on somebody's door, you knock three times. So if it's if, if it's a dead person doing it, they're probably going to knock three times. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, and the thing, okay. So here's the other thing. Like, let's say somebody's in a household with a lot of tension, and we know from parapsychological research, right. and this is one of the things. A lot of g- people who do like ghost hunting and stuff do not know the parapsychological research. Right. They don't look at this stuff. They're not interested in it. They just want to go hunting for ghosts. The problem comes when they don't realize that. For instance, poltergeists. In almost every case, there is a source, there's a pattern. It seems to be unconscious psychokinetic energy. It doesn't mean it can't also be used by an entity, but it's coming from a person. It's starting with a person. It's always a person who has, uh, it's usually like a, a teenage girl who's you know, in a broken home or being abused or something like that. And that type of stuff is going to come out. It's going to come out different ways with different people. And some people apparently just have this natural PK to them where they can affect the environment. They don't know they're doing it, but that's how it's coming out. So if you go into a place where there's a lot of stress, a lot of trauma, and you tell them they have a demon, not only are you making the situation worse, but you're not addressing the problem, which is whatever's causing that initial stress. In fact, you're giving that stress a name by saying, oh, yeah, all that stuff that was happening to you, all the all the stress you're under, that's because of the demon. Rather than saying, you need to deal with this stress, and then all this other stuff will go away. Yeah, I think that's a disconnect. A lot of people don't understand that psychological things can create paranormal conditions. Absolutely. And that's not to say there aren't spirits out there. We don't know if there are spirits are out there, but we definitely know there are situations which can mimic spirits. And if you get into young and stuff, of course, then it's like, you know, that realization that there is a connection between psychology and the paranormal and the spiritual. So, yep. uh, you know, then that's just kind of how I see it, because I've been in young so long. But there's a real disconnect where like, oh, we have to put, you know, everything in separate worlds and you get real, you know, real orthodox people on both sides. Mm-hmm. And also you have situations where parapsychologists that have been able to identify the poltergeist so saying they know like this this girl is what's causing it she doesn't know what she's doing but she's causing it so they get her some psychological counseling and the poltergeist activity dies down 
Yeah. You know, it's like, so there's a direct one-to-one correlation. Again, this isn't to say that there isn't maybe a spirit there that's going, ooh, look at this energy I can use. Right. But even if that is it, you're reducing yeah. the energy by reducing the stress in this girl who now has an outlet because she can talk to a therapist. And it, it's we don't understand how much we affect the world around us. I think it's part of the problem. It's kind of like hypnosis with, with, uh, you know, UFO things, what might be a shamanic awakening gets treated as a negative hostile entity, you know, invading your home and stealing your sperm. When the vast majority is positive or at least neutral of those type of experiences. But anytime fear enters into it, it makes it worse and, and like things like hypnosis or telling someone they have a demon instead of assuaging that fear and helping them deal with it it's making it worse yeah and and, and this is the that taint i think that uh, hollywood has put on put on this mm-hmm. stuff you know i mean it's been and the ghost hunting shows as well the ghost um, hunting shows not as much ghost hunters like ghost yeah. hunters did not do that very much. At least, right. especially in the early days, they didn't. I stopped watching it at a certain point, but they they took it straight ahead. Let's see what's going on here. They never threw out Demon and all this other stuff. Uh, it was shows like Paranormal State, I think, that really started that type of thing. Yeah, yeah, which was all associated with the Warrens. Yeah, I mean, you, you oh, can, was was it? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, why I never liked that. Lorraine show. was on the show several times. I mean, they were. They were all associated with with with, with the Warrens. I mean, and, and not coming down on Catholics or whatever, but it was it was it was also no, it, no. it also, you know, Ryan definitely came from that worldview, and when you that's the worldview that he came from, and that's the worldview that was that was shown on the show, for sure. The I, I, really disturbing because it seemed like the girl that they were trying to uh, do a um, exorcism on showed all the signs of being schizophrenic. And instead yeah. of this girl getting help, she's being used on a TV show for entertainment. Right. 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 So, And the Warrens, the Warrens were just scam artists. They really were. And the fact that they have kind of had such an influence on this stuff, I guess, shows because they were scammers. They, I, they... I'm kind of conflicted on them because I think Ed kind of was that kind of yes. scammer oh, yes. with a little bit of pragmatism you know he was very much the he was very much the opportunist like with mm-hmm. the um and it's slipping my mind now what the case was called but the one that was in conjuring too that they had nothing to do in, with infield in, thank yeah. you yeah and in infield you know they he showed up one day and tried to get to get as much you know in on it as he could and guy lion Playfair and the other guy wouldn't let him do it Mm-hmm. And they wouldn't let him even let him in the house. So he definitely yeah. was an opportunist. Now Lorraine, I believe, was a true believer. I think she was. However, no. that doesn't mean that they she didn't also milk it at times. Oh yeah, they definitely milked it. Um, but yeah, <laughs> they he definitely milked it. W- w- one of the things that really pissed me off about the second conjuring movie i mean not, leave aside the fact that they weren't even involved in the case yeah they had nothing um, to do with it yeah there what uh, he came ed came to uh the main guy their guy and he had talked yeah. to him about the case and he said look i know a way that we can make a lot of money from this case right and guy said this is not about money this is about helping this family what is wrong with you and he sent him away 
But when you watch The Conjuring 2, it's Ed Warren telling Guy, you know, this is about the family. You got to, you know, get your yep. head straight. And, yep. and I'm like, oh, my God, are you freaking serious? History history has been rewritten. Yeah, yes. exactly. And there there was so much stuff, you know, as I, as I kind of came up into all this and, you know, a haunting was like the big thing that was the big special remember like they did the the mm-hmm. first one they ever did was ha- was haunting in connecticut right okay and that was the whole one about the uh the family that bought the old funeral home and you know she started to mop the floor and there was blood on the floor first of all if that happened i'd be out <laughs> you know it's like the eddie murphy Fair enough. the eddie murphy skit you know from from his stand-up but but you know, so Carmen Reed and all that stuff, and you know the kid that was dying of cancer and all that. Now, they wrote a book about it. I guess in a dark place. I think was the book, and the guy who go who ghost wrote that book, along with the Warrens, along with Carmen Reed, has later came out and said a lot of that stuff wasn't true. Yeah, and I mean that's really damning, uh-huh. and that is what a lot, and in that case is a lot of what that a lot of what the kind of this mythology has been based on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to say there's not stuff out there that might want to hurt us, but I think it's more uh, the way a snake wants to hurt a mouse. You know, it's yeah. just how it is. It's not, it's not evil. It's evil from our viewpoint. I mean, Kittens are not evil to us, but to a mouse, they're pretty damn evil. Right. <laughs> they're, right. they're life and death. I think it's just perspective. Whereas the demon thing suggests that there is there are entities out there with no other nothing else other to do than attack us. Well, it's kind of this whole idea in, in my mind, because you know, I, I, I do believe that there probably is good and evil entities out there. But I also had to to in my thought process include the fact that there's probably neutral ones as well that just don't care and i mean that and that's very much fit into something like the jinn you know that's how they're described in, in islamic mythology and i think that's much more what we're dealing with is this you know good there's good there's bad because there's neutral. A, a lot of this maybe is us bleeding over into their realm also mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Yeah. you know a lot a lot of them might be looking at us like what the hell are you doing here you know or seeing us like we see them like they see us as a ghost, you know, well, when we're seeing each other. Some of the some of the ancient Greek ideas of what a daemon was, right, was actually a human Are spirit. Different, yeah. yeah. Was actually a human spirit that was, if it was evil in life, it was evil in death. And Patrick Harper uses that daemon idea for what's going on around us. I mean, he has taken that ancient idea and Jung's concepts and turned it into a fairly good explanation of the paranormal. Yeah, I mean, if anyone's not read Daemonic Reality by Patrick Harper, they should. It's utterly mind-blowing. That's one I'm going to need to check out, I think, because you guys referenced that quite a lot on Where Do the Road Go. And, and And when you read it, you'll understand why. And he's so... He's such a nice guy. Like when I had him on, one of the things I said to him, I didn't think he was going to do the interview because I'd never seen any interviews with him. And I said to him, like, so do you do a lot of interviews? And he said, no. And I'm thinking, oh, really? So why did you come on here? He's like, well, no one else has ever asked. And I'm like, what? How is 
nobody ever asked you, you know? I guess just everyone just takes it for granted. It's just kind of like a, a staple. Well, he's also giving sort of a unified theory of the paranormal that works. And, you know, like if you look at Coast to Coast, they're, they're going with whatever's popular. Yeah, we, ta- we, we've talked to one of our older friends about this stuff as far as like, he's like, you know, you're one or two things. You're trying to get to the bottom of things. You're trying to add more mystery so you can keep milking it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And most people are trying to keep milking it. Yeah. <laughs> We've Whereas one of the things I wanted to be able to do with my show is kind of get a few of these puzzle pieces. I mean, I don't know if it's something we can ever solve. Yeah, we're not going to get to, like, the actual bottom of it, so might as well actually dig, right? Like, Yeah, see what we can find. What more can we – and what happens? What other questions are we going to have? Because I think it's sort of one of those eternal question things. Okay, we understand this now, and now we have ten more interesting questions, yeah. you know? Yeah, I don't. I don't think that we're ever going to be able to prove any of this stuff materially. I know we've had this discussion before, no, so I probably not. But I just, I just don't think that we're ever going to do it, and and I don't think that the that the scientific establishment is going to like take. Well, this stuff well, a lot seriously. of them probably think that these AI overlord oracles are going to tell us the secrets yeah. of existence. Yeah, well, that's the whole you know Ray Kurzweil when they when he was asked. Uh, do you believe in God? Do you believe God exists? And he said, not yet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that that kind of shit is coming a lot quicker than we are thinking. Maybe. Are you, uh, did you, uh, were you a fan of cyberpunk uh, science fiction? Uh, occasionally. Well, I, I didn't get into a lot of it. Cool. Well, a lot of that William Gibson stuff has paranormal elements. And has mm-hmm, these mm-hmm. entities, these ghosts in the machines, these artificial intelligences who are like these almost these voodoo gods that are in, you know, the 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 matrix or the, you know, whatever the net evolves into. And that, that shit's pretty wild too. And I mean, if if consciousness is like just more than the sum of its parts, if it just needs a complex system to exist, then hypothetically we will be able to make a conscious ai at some point we may not even do it intentionally right you know the internet itself may become conscious at some point because it's such a complex system because we don't know how consciousness works yeah that is true well and whether we are the result of consciousness organizing matter to create this interface and like maybe if we create this other thing though it'll be kind of uh it's letting something else in it may not be the same thing as us and those are the things that keep me up at night (laughs) there were some things that uh serfield you wanted to run by soraya well we don't get a chance to really talk to many people who are really into the occult um so there's some things I've been really thinking about because of some recent experiences I've been having. And uh, I guess it all really centers around how much of a um, how much uh, of a, a door and a, a gateway uh, drug a lot of Christian anti-occult stuff can be. Mm. Um, for people to first be exposed to how prevalent occultism is in 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 culture and start going down that rabbit hole, I know that was a that was a big part of my getting into a lot of this stuff. But kind of the what what, what are your thoughts about these ideas between the the uh, the relationship between occult symbolism 
and power and I guess a lot of these more like Christian based uh, researchers try to use uh, the symbolism in film and, and music and even older architecture and things like this that have elements of mythology of Western esoteric tradition. Um, and they try to use it as this proof of a, you know, some kind of uh, evil plan and scheme and that the elites are using occultism ag- against us to control us. And these kind of ideas, like, because it's strange. There's a lot of crossover in the research between these two camps. Um, so it's kind of easy to get them mixed up sometimes, I feel like. Yeah, yeah give me an example. Well, say people saying that, oh, there's, uh, you know, Washington, D.C. is laid out in this grid of mm. sacred geometry or it's a pentagram. That's because they must be Satan worshipers or right. uh, this film has this Just symbolism. watch Skywatch TV and you'll... Yeah, you'll or, know or you know, about. this... Uh, you know, 2001 has all this symbolism and it's, it's Luciferian and I see, okay. you know, like, okay. like, like the Bill Cooper kind of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Yeah. When like, I kind of see it as just, um, artists and people are doing what they've always done and use mythology and symbolism, uh, in their art and in their storytelling, because that's what people have always done and the fact that there is there really are these secret traditions within uh the western world and you know like america itself is really uh can be seen as an occult and and at least freemasonic project Mm -hmm. oh Um, absolutely but i don't see it as as necessarily some big evil thing you know no not at all the and the thing is the pentagram is not an evil symbol that's the other thing. It's uh, Christians have turned it into that, and not all Christians. If I it, when I say something like, "Well, Christians did this," I'm talking about the extremists, the ones yeah, who are trying to control the populace, not the average everyday person who just believes in Jesus and goes to church. But the 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 controlling factors in Christianity have tried to turn this, yeah. And so, you know, they've they've changed a lot of positive symbols and the negative ones. I mean, even the swastika, until the Nazis got a hold of it, was right. not a negative symbol. I mean, they did irrevocable damage to the symbol. We'll never be able to look at it for what it was originally. And when people see it on ancient art, they're like, why are there swastikas on there? You know, because it was a symbol of life that the Nazis literally inverted. Um, I had a, a Yeah, they guy turned it on its side. Yeah. Which people don't realize um, either. So there was a guy I had been talking to when I first started the show here and there, and uh, he got on this kick one day because, and I think part of it's because he was getting a lot of hits on a show he did about a pentagram that was that uh, a park in like, oh, where was it? It was just outside of Russia, one of the little uh, states outside of Russia, between Russia and Europe, Western Europe there. Um, but there's a park where like the the... The roads, the, the the pathways literally make a pentagram. And he's freaking out about it, talking about how this is like satanic and that it's these people showing off about how they're evil satanic right. people. I'm like and I'm like, or someone just laid it out in a star. Yes. I'm like <laughs> or, you know, a metalhead did it and went, you know, it'd be cool. Let's make a pentagram. Right. You know, Beavis and Butthead are there, you know, going, I know what we're gonna do. <laughs> I mean to to assume that because something means something to you does not mean it means something to someone else. Right. 
So jumping to the conclusion of anytime you see a symbol that you think means evil, A, it could have just been a coincidence. And if it's not a coincidence, it might be because it means something entirely different to the person who devised it. Well, do, do you think, though, that the elite in this world have a different religion than the masses and that they're more inclined to believe in magic and they'd be stupid not to because they're after resources, obviously. So wouldn't I, they be I, into something I think that works? So, yeah. Yeah. I do. I do think that there is a, a pretty nasty undercurrent there. Yeah. Um, of the ultra elite. Um, I mean, we know they do rituals when they do that whole thing up in the, uh, in the Northwest there. Oh, what's it called? The Bohemian Grove. Yeah, Bohemian right. Grove. Right. The whole owl ceremony. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's tiebacks to all kinds of stuff there. I mean, they want to control the world, and they do. And so and I would think that... they do use occult things. They do use occult things. Absolutely. And because some of that stuff works, it doesn't mean that what they think is happening is what's happening either. But I also, you know, sometimes I wonder, like, when we, when we hear about... Uh, I mean, how much do these people that the general populace has no idea of? So what are we perceiving wrongly? There right. could be things out there that don't look dastardly that are really worse than anything else they're doing. Yeah. Uh, because we just don't understand it. Um, and, and I think it means that it doesn't mean that we shouldn't use the occult also or that it necessarily right, right. is just this political thing, but it's a neutral thing like any other resource or power that, you know, of course, the people with who are running things would use it. They'd be stupid not to. But that doesn't mm -hmm. mean we can't use it and that it can't be used for the agency of good or the common people. And a lot of uh, we're good things uh, that we've got to today is the result of that. Definitely the revolutionary era in, in Europe and in the United States and in France, a lot of that came out of secret societies and Illuminism and these things. And, um, mm -hmm. and, and here in, in America, the progressive era uh, had a lot to do, you know, the, the abolitionists were really tied in with the spiritualists and a lot of the first female leadership um, was involved in spiritualism and theosophy and theosophy had yep. a lot of anti-imperialist stuff to it. So, you know, it's just this, I just, I would like people to see things more nuanced and not in this black and white, oh, see the, you know, evil elite use a cult against us you know and 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 ho you know in hollywood and things like that like these people are telling stories yeah that's what people yeah. do is use mythology and symbolism to tell stories that's the point of stories you know and i don't know but a lot of i think a lot of people who aren't christian fundamentalists are using a lot of this christian fundamentalist material and they're not realizing that uh you know all a lot of this stuff is part of their heritage too true and their inheritance <laughs> There is, and and I fully believe that there are pedophile rings being run yeah, out of these higher higher things, and I I don't think you get any worse than that. No, uh, magic's a tool. I don't, you know, I think it's a way of interacting with the universe around you and a way of tuning yourself to it. But it's not good or bad. It's how you use it. I mean, a gun can be used for good or bad means. Uh, a knife can be used for good or bad means. It's just another tool. Uh, but I think some of the stuff they're doing is just beyond imaginable to most of us. And it's because they're so separated from the rest of, of reality. Like yeah. they, they, they're untouchable. 
it takes, you know, the, the, the only way that, that some of them probably get a thrill is to have absolute total control over someone else. Mm-hmm. You know, which is where you get human trafficking and all this other crap. And and I'm not talking the, the Pizzagate stuff. I think that was absolute crap. Um, that was the political think, ploy. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I do think that stuff happens. Uh, these rings of pedophiles have come out. And it's frightening how many there are. Well, we got a whole lot of conspiracy theory out of you tonight. Yeah, we, we <laughs> didn't expect yeah, that. Yeah, I but, mean, that's, but we that's, just... that's not even conspiracy theory. Yeah, just yeah. go look at the no, look up the true. news because they don't talk about it that much. But if you look, it's there, and you see all these political, you know, connected people being arrested for human trafficking, for pedophile rings, for prostitution rings, so on and so forth. And it's just like it's unfortunately more common than uncommon yeah i think a lot of it just goes back to they they have a very aristocratic attitude and um mm-hmm. you know and, and people have got off on abusing people lower than them for a long time well this is the yes. thing is that is that you you've got to look at the cases that have been substantiated exactly and then look at the things that might just be sensationalism we were just mm-hmm. talking about this in the last episode with Jenny and the Patreon segment we did about this, these three girls that were killed in Spain in 1992. There's actually this uh, five-part uh, documentary on Netflix about this that uh, is very well worth watching. But st- st- stuff started to come out, and there was this, all this sensationalism about them, about what happened, that they were killed by these rich elite pedophiles that, you know mutilated their bodies and buried them and blamed somebody mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. And so you've got this this regular amount of sensationalism on this stuff, but then you have things like the Dutro affair in Belgium, which is documented. You have the Franklin cover-up here in the United States, which is, which is documented. There's there's other documented things where you say, well, maybe there's a little bit of something to this. Maybe there's a little bit of truth. And I think that that's where we're going with some of what Serfiel is talking about in this sensationalism, because a lot of that now, because I used to really inhabit that world a lot, was is just they've got to keep this stuff rolling. This train they gotta of... They've got to keep milking it. They've got to keep milking oh, yeah. it. you yeah. got to keep going with it. you you, you got to keep saying the same stuff that you were saying 10, 15 years ago, because there's probably people that haven't heard it. They're... They're going to think that it's the most amazing thing in the world. And you, for people like me, and all I think, all three of us really, it's just like it's, it's old hat. You know, we've, we've mm-hmm. heard it and heard it now. And it's kind of, it's, there's a little bit of a uh, parallel to the UFO community in that too, right? Yeah, that's <laughs> true. And so we've got all these, we've got all the, we've got that factor that's going on there. And, it, but, you know, people really got to, you got to, you got to really be critical about it and think, you know, say like, what can we prove? What can we, what can we document? Not just go on what somebody says or what somebody does or what and, you believe. And a lot of this stuff I discovered and I started getting into a lot of that stuff, but then I really discovered that a lot of this, especially what Serfiel is talking about is just a continuation of the satanic panic from the eighties and nineties. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. That's all it is. They keep trying to bring they, these people. They keep trying to bring it back and trying to recycle it and put it in something else. And occasionally, you've got the Illuminati witch that comes out and <laughs> says that he was involved. 
And, you know, and we've actually interviewed a person like that on the show (laughs) very early on. You know, it's like that is, I think it's, it's, it's a par for the course in the same way that what the Warrens did in the sensationalism. And this is just the thing that we have to deal with in this alternative media market right now. Yeah. I agree. Well, and it's a it's a gateway. It's a gateway drug to actual occultism. You know, this might be yeah. the first time that that's the irony of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's where I first heard about occult ideas was through Christian anti occult propaganda. Mm-hmm. So that's that's, true. that's yeah. pretty wild. And they they take a whole lot of stuff. And like you've said before, Adam, like a lot of these people were like anti secret societies and everything. They almost have this like air of of knowing uh knowing the secrets of you know of superiority and they're actually obsessed with this shit and they just yeah. study it all day every day so they might as well be a part of the occult world yeah they're they're, they're considered i think illuminated too right i mean what's the whole idea mm. in freemasonry with the cowan right that's somebody that that knows this stuff but they're not a freemason they haven't taken that step that's a Cowan, right? Um, or that's, trying, that's correct, they're, right? They're trying the profane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like Manly P. Hall, he wasn't a Freemason to begin with. He just studied and studied all this, and then eventually the Masons were like, "Well, you already know everything, so why don't you just become one?" <laughs> hmm. Um. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. People are too. There, there was an article we read. A uh, short time ago, that talks about how facts don't really matter because people are more likely to just believe what they want to believe, what fits, what feels better to their worldview. And then we're all guilty of this. We're all guilty of this. I mean, uh, someone says to me, "Oh, you know, there's this video I have of some paranormal thing happening, and what goes through my mind immediately is, yeah, it's fake, <laughs> and it may not be." But it's just I've seen so many fake ones. I've just gotten yeah. to the point where none of, none of these things look real to me anymore. And I'm thinking, what if I am looking at a real one? Would I even know at this point? Because right. you know, every the technology is so good now, you couldn't even tell. So you'd almost look at saying and be like, oh, that's a really clear picture of whatever. It's probably fake because it's too clear. But what if it's not fake? You know? Yeah. Well, that's the kind of the problem right now, especially in the UFO community. Well, we talked about that. I think in that roundtable that we did a little bit i don't know if we that might have been in one of the asides that we did while you weren't recording but this whole deep fake thing that's going on right on right now oh yeah you know yeah. Where like, that's that's starting to really that's really gonna mess people up mm-hmm. yeah that's the end of it's the end of the whole you know political blackmail game yeah or at least it's gonna they're gonna try you know i think uh the next scandal we have like if the if the trump grabbed by the you know what tape came out now you know, he could just be like, "Oh, it's a deep fake, deep fake." Right, right. Yeah. And, and we yeah. were talking, we were talking about that, and uh, one time on the phone, me and Serfiel, and he's like, and I told him, I said, "Well, you know, man, like the UFO community has been dealing with this for ten years. Oh yeah, yeah. maybe yeah. more. You know, this is to like the point where no one yeah. with sense believes any kind of video evidence, pretty much. Yeah. Like, so even know, coming from the Air Force, supposedly, you know, it's like whatever. But you got like you know what right. like, the security, well, especially coming from the Air Force. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got the secure team ten stuff that's out there that people are just like you know they don't know like anybody that's that 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 has any kind of like idea of what's really going on they 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 don't buy any of that stuff because so much of it can be easily faked because the technology is so good 
Yeah. And and I should take that back. I don't think the stuff we've gotten from the Air Force has been fake. I just don't think it's what they're pretending it is. I think no, it's it, just... It might be fake. <laughs> there uh, I, I, don't I, I don't know. I, I think a lot of it's probably test craft. Not trusting and, them is good is a good way to go, though. Yeah. And I, and I find the UFO communities amusing like that, where is, if the UFO community says there's nothing up there, they go, they're lying. They say, okay, there is. Oh, well, then they're telling us the truth and everything they say is true. And it's like, they're still lying to you. <laughs> Well, it's there's been a weird shift. I, don't, I really don't mean to go off on this, but there's been. <laughs> yeah, I but think this, we talk about this. But enough. there's been a weird shift now. I've noticed with some of the younger UFO crowd. I want to get get tr- off my lawn. I'm going to get in trouble with this, but you know where they're now just kind of like, well, the government's holds all the cards, so we just got to trust whatever they whatever they say. Which, if you go back to the UFO community forever, it's been like we can't trust anything the government says about this. It's just been right. this weird shift. Well, you know, the younger crowd is hasn't been through all the nonsense they put everyone else through. They get to do it all again. Yeah. Hey, all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, they need to go back and they need to, you know, they pick up uh, Jacques Vallée's Messengers of Deception and see how, how much stuff the government really does have into all this stuff. But... The, the problem with anything, the problem with any conspiracy theory, the problem with any theories about any of this stuff is that no one really knows. No, no one can really solidly prove anything. So if we like, like jump into one of the bigger conspiracies like 9-11, I think it's safe to say that no matter what actually happened, the government lied to us. Hey, I think that, I that, that, yeah, that's a safe thing to say. But beyond that, it gets sketchier and sketchier. And yes, there is... There are things out there that don't make sense, but it doesn't mean that just because you could connect the dots this way that that's the truth, because there may be other pieces we don't see that the dots would connect better to. And we may never know the complete and total truth. I mean, we still don't really know what happened with JFK. I think you'd you'd be foolish to think it wasn't a conspiracy if you take a, a good look at the information. But exactly who did what is a little bit harder to figure out. You can see who benefited from it, and which is the military-industrial complex. But even so, did they directly do it, or did they just let it happen? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff we're just never going to know. The world may never know. Yeah. And the problem is people act like they know because they believe. Right. And they don't, they don't make that discer- discer- discernment from belief and fact. We have very little facts in this world, but we have a lot of belief. Yeah, we do. And, and we, we, we've we talked about this several times, too, on this show, just how, you know, conspiracy theory has become, I mean, it's become its own religion in many ways. I mean, people, yeah. people yeah. really, it's an alternative narrative to what is in the history books. And, and, and to say, like, well, we don't really know, then all of a sudden, you know, you're like... For some of the people in the conspiracy community, you're committing a grave sin by by even just even saying that. You know, Howard Zinn, the historian, you know, he said something very practical. I remember Alex Jones getting all upset about this back in like, I don't know, was this 2008, 2009? Zinn said something like, uh, Zinn may have been dead by then, I'm not sure. But he said something about like, you know, well, the, the whole Kennedy assassination thing, we're just never going to know what actually happened there. So it's useless debating it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think, and, and I, th- he- I think it's imp- it's important to understand that 
it was not a single shooter. Right. There was there were political connections there. Right. Right. But you know, but you know, it, it, I, I I agree with um, Zen fifty percent on that because, but I do think it's just like as an historian, there's nowhere else you can go. You can't yeah. prove anything else. You just have to go to. You just have to go to what you can prove as a historian, and I get that. Mm-hmm. You know, the same way a scientist can't prove the really prove the paranormal because they're limited in their scope. And I, right. I, I get what he was saying there. So the the problem is this: the government has blatantly lied to the people so many times right. that there are people out there who simply will not believe anything they say and assume everything is a lie. So no matter how honest the government is, and the government's rarely completely honest, they always try to spin it to someone's advantage, that doesn't mean that everything is a conspiracy. Uh, it doesn't mean that they're behind every shooting that happens or, or every terrorist attack that happens. I mean, they've certainly been guilty of false flags in the past. That is in the historical record. That has nothing to do with uh, conspiracy theories. It's was a conspiracy. There have been a number of them over the history of the United States. It doesn't mean that everything that happens is a conspiracy, but when you lie to someone over and over and over and over, why would they believe you? Yeah. The, right, and it, we, we can't even agree on the shape of the earth now because of essentially because of, essentially because of that. Yeah. 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 It's, you know, oh, well, if they're lying to us about everything else, why are we believing them on this? They lied to us about Kennedy, so they must be lying to us about the shape of the earth. Yeah, but that's a, that's a long jump. There's a lot of little steps in There's between a lot there. of little steps in between. Yeah, you're right. So maybe the Earth is flat, and it's like, huh, maybe the Earth is flat. Should we switch a little bit to new sure. thought stuff? I don't know that much about this other than what I listened to on your show. Okay. Um, well, Sergio knows a little thing- bit about, about oh, it. Like, <laughs> what what do you one, want to know? Well, the the one thing I'll say about it is uh, you were talking about the secret, and I'm vaguely familiar with the secret. But anytime I heard someone talking about that type of stuff, I always associated it with the Seth work, uh, with Jane Roberts, because it right. was, it seemed like a dumbed down version of how Seth was talking about the way the universe works. Uh, but you're saying it comes from the New Thought stuff, which kind of took that out of context for me a little bit. I didn't realize that. Um, and I guess, you know, cause, cause Seth didn't, Seth never said, Oh, if you just want something bad enough, it'll happen. Uh, but Seth talked about the way that we create, you know, the universe works in symbols and, you know, communication happens in the symbolic language and stuff like that. That's very deep. And he talked about creating your own reality, but how it happens on an unconscious level and how like, say, uh, if there's something you need to deal with, you'll keep manifesting it in your reality till you deal with it, which is a lot different than saying, I want money. Let's just focus on money till I get it. Right. I mean, really, I think it's I think it really comes down to a fundamental understanding of uh, of a magical reality of the fact that your consciousness that consciousness comes first and influences reality and that's the the general kind of hermetic idea that was kind of distilled into some of this new thought stuff and really mm-hmm. i think it it's it's seen as being a lot more materialistic um because yeah. i think it was like a series of, of of distillations into a more and more popular form but underneath it i think if you 
you know peel the layers back you can get to the actual hermeticism and that's the idea that consciousness creates uh matter matter yeah yeah and i think that's true so it's also uh just like uh just like i was talking about with how this like anti-occult christian stuff can be a door into the occult um the the more profane new thought stuff can also be a doorway and there's nothing wrong with there being a lot of being some popular outlets and it, it a lot of these will be people's first uh encounter with ideas that they you know and if someone wants to continue to study continue to understand this stuff i think it's i think it's real positive I found it interesting that you mentioned that Trump was a part of this because right. when you look at the way Trump does stuff, like he'll just say something. It's completely untrue. It's not – has no connection to reality whatsoever. And then he just keeps saying it and saying it. The next thing you know, other people are saying it too like it's true and it's like, what yeah. did he just do there? It's you affirmation. Oh, like, that manifestation. Yeah. Well, yep. he, but he didn't make it real, but – he backed his view of it, you know, like with nothing other than just repeated statements, you know? Well, and uh, have you ever read this book, uh, Occult America by Mitch Horowitz? No, but I've heard of it. I'd really recommend it. And he's he's kind of like, he, he's really rehabilitating a lot of this new thought stuff for the 21st century, I feel like. And now he's even rehabilitating for a mass audience, LaVey. And you know he's really? kind of yeah he he's the the head of the uh, of what is it penguins new age imprint what is that called yeah and he's you know he's like you know real big in in a uh, 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 really popular new age circles and really like writing all these like new thought books you know they're coming out with new editions where he's doing big uh, uh, introductions to all these classic new thought books but he's mm-hmm. even going back to LeVay and saying that uh, a lot of LeVay's magical ideas were pretty much new thought about you know willing your uh, you know affecting reality with your will and your and like these techniques of, that LeVay gives of like doing your rituals so that you get it out of your head and you feel like you've already got it and it's really mm-hmm. interesting mm-hmm. so he's he's uh you know I didn't see that coming as far as he's actually like trying to trying to repackage LeVay for a mass audience so I thought that was crazy well I mean if you take Satan out of LeVay's stuff yeah yeah it it, it, you know, people would be much more okay with it. It's that, you know, the Satan aspect freaks people out. And the more materialistic new thought, like the stuff that you're kind of critiquing, was pretty much that. Like, it was this, like, mm. selfish, uh, you know, materialistic way of thinking about, you know, uh, how you're going to get what you want out of life. Yeah. And it's, uni- it's uniquely American. I mean, and a lot of this comes out of uh, the idea of, like, there's never been a place like America where so many people were uh, in in sales, where it was really all up to you and you talking to people and you getting people to buy shit. Like that never really happened on the level that happened here. With so much pressure on these people that they felt they had to really pull into um, metaphysical the metaphysical world to get this, the things they need to make make it happen. Well, some of it's not even metaphysical. Some of it's just understanding how like like there are little techniques you can do to to make to make someone believe you to sell something like when i was at i worked like, at best buy for well, a little they would while call it lesser magic 
Yeah, I, I worked at Best Buy for a little while, and they, they would teach you all these little things like, like for example, assuming the sale. Like you go through and you'd, you'd show someone this computer system, and when you got done, you were supposed to be like, okay, so can I just package this up and we'll go up to the you know thing and re- uh-huh. without them ever saying, yeah. okay, I'll take it. You just assume they're going to take it and you keep going. And that's yep. kind of something very similar, but it's, there's nothing magical about it. It's that people are, tend to follow. And you're putting you know, the reality like, in words first. Yeah. But it's not even it's but there's nothing really esoteric about it. It's just the way people behave. It's 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 sort of building on that weakness that people have, you know, and just running with it. Well the the connection with Trump and all this is that Trump's church that he went to in New York, in New York City, mm-hmm. was Norman Vincent Peale's church. That's the father of positive thinking. Yeah, Norman Vincent Peale was very much involved with all this new thought stuff, and he was he was he was he did all these kind of like new thought records and these like positive thinking, and he was also a Christian minister. And he's kind of the see the thing is a lot of these early new thought guys were a little more progressive, but then people like Norman Vincent Peale and some of these later guys who in in uh, who had relationships to Christian Science too were really involved in the history of the right wing in America and especially where we are today. There's all these weird Right. That's why you got stuff like the family that's out there that you know the the national prayer breakfast people that they really extol this idea of like, you know, supporting the leader, supporting the people that are on top rather than doing what is in traditional Christianity where you're supposed to help the poor and the needy right, and all right. that. Yeah. They say yeah, that I mean, but, people will, will lead from above. We need to cultivate those people. And that's a very, right. I think, in some ways, a very new thought idea. And there was some, I think, with... Um, there was also some interesting connections with the New Age, with, like, New Agers and, and, and some hermeticists from Southern California to some of that stuff, too, that was interesting connections. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I think it just can be used for good or ill, just like uh, the occult and other magical systems. Yeah. Well, most stuff can. I mean, that's the thing. Um, I was just thinking of something. I mean, you have people who have speaking styles that they, that they work on so that they draw you in and they keep yeah. you interested. And sometimes they use it for storytelling. Yeah. They're going to tell kids stories. Yeah, well, a lot Other of that times goes to they, hypnotism. They, they, yeah, yeah, it really does. And and other times they do it because they're trying to sell you something. Whether it be an idea or a book or, you know, or whatever product, you know, a new TV. Yeah. Well, that's that's the thing is that like this new thought stuff got distilled for these businessmen as sales techniques and then mm-hmm. and also hypnotism and mesmerism got turned into uh and neuro-linguistic programming which was a psychological techniques to technique to heal people this stuff all got wrapped up into uh you know materialistic aims and how to manipulate people and, and sell mm. so it's like all this stuff kind of coalesced and got turned into this like occult businessman hypnotist <laughs> yeah there's the book that um adam parfrey co-wrote called the secret source 
that's very good. That's yeah. kind of the roots yeah. of yeah. new thought, and then also it's steeped into the her- how it's steeped into the into emer- into her- hermeticism as well. So. And like Mesmer has such a continuing influence, you know, like when you read it and you read all the, the, the lingo they le- used at the time, you're like animal magnetism. What is that? But, you know, you ask one out of uh, two people and they're going to believe in energy and talk about energy. It's the same thing. I mean. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's so many different versions of energy. I mean, even Kundalini. You know, every culture seems to have a different name for it. I mean, if you look at it under a Christian context, it may simply be uh, bringing in the Holy Spirit. You know, there are laughing churches that are very Christian, and then they think bringing in the Holy Spirit is this laughter, but that laughter is also a symptom of uh, Kundalini awakening, and it can be spread from person to person, right? just like these churches are doing. So a lot of it's just the same thing by a different name. Same mountain, different paths to the top, you know, different names. Yeah, that's one of those... That's one of those um condemnations by some more mainstream Christians and some of like, especially with the, with the charismatic Christian movement of saying that there's a lot of occultism that's in there. But I find that interesting that when you've got these occult kind of practices that are actually being like, kind of like co-opted by some of the, like the charismatic Christians and they like, they have no idea, you know, it's, 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 it's interesting how this stuff just kind of seeps in there because I think it's just so old and part of the human condition. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Well, that's what's unfortunate. I think a lot of this fundamentalist stuff is like looking at things that are unavoidable and syn- synchronism and, you know, these. I mean, h- how they're just, I think people are looking for fundamentalism when it's like, it's it's so hard to find and it's it, just ha- having examples of these things does not mean that these things are necessarily evil. It's just what happens when you have ideas and religion spread across cultures and centuries, you know. You can't you can't stop it. Yeah. And people like to fight about it all. That's very true. I'm glad we can all get along and just <laughs> talk crap. <laughs> well, you know what? I don't I totally respect people believing whatever they want to believe. That's their business. Um as long as you're not trying to force it on other people. It's when they start forcing it on other people that it becomes a problem. And I don't feel like there's anything, any like particular thing necessarily that's bad. Like I know really good Christians and I've met really bad Christians. And it's like it's not the fact that they're Christian, it's the person. Right. You know, and that goes for any religion, any belief system. Good people tend to do the good things no matter what they believe. Bad people want to control everything. Right. Exactly. And it doesn't matter where where you come from. Exactly. It's just the nature of the person. That's 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 really what it comes down to, I think. I think you're near you know, 100% right on that. And a lot of times when these movements start, they generally start out pretty positive and then people start manipulating them. Yeah. It's human nature. And so the key is trying to defeat that human nature and I don't know that there's an easy way to do that. Good luck. <laughs> I mean, waking waking up to some of this stuff, you know, like enlightenment might be the only way to do it, you know. Um, who was it? Was it Graham Hancock that said everyone who goes into Congress or the Senate or whatever should have to take a take a ayahuasca journey first? Yeah, I think he did say something <laughs> like that. Yeah. I mean, obviously that's not for everyone, but 
it, it makes the point that by doing that, you'd have to face some of your own demons and be more self-aware of the effect you're having on, on others. And those are the type of people we want actually running things. Yep. I think that's a good place. Of course, that'll never happen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you do, do you? <laughs> no. You're just going just gonna to end just like that? Oh. Well, I don't know. I I thought that's what you meant when you said it's a good place. Like, that's a good place to stop. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, uh, yeah. So. Did I leave you speechless? I'm sorry. You might have. You usually do, Soraya. You're very good at that. Huh. Is that good or bad? (laughs) I'd say that's a pretty good thing. All right. Okay. Excellent. Well, we've been uh, all over the place. It's been a great discussion. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, li- I like I like when you can't find where the road's going. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the point. Yeah, well, there you and, go. There we go. And recently, with a lot a lot of these shows, we're just we've just been getting so deep. It's it's been really fun. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, absolutely. It. it uh, I really hope we're not alienating anybody, but I think people who are a little more exposed to this stuff already really need stuff to listen to. Where you know people go really deep on subjects. Yeah, I mean, and, if you're and, an explorer on the, of this stuff, yeah, absolutely. And you know what? When I started my show, that's what I wanted to do. And I'm going, no one's going to listen to me. All anyone wants is the sensational stuff because that's all I was seeing. Like people were just reposting yes. the sensational. Right. I'm like, I'm going to try and take this on a more a deeper level and kind of get under all the sensationalism. And I'm like, nobody's going to care. So the fact that as many people care as they do, it thrills me beyond belief. Well, the whole thing about podcasting, the way that I see it, is that you should be able to talk about this stuff uninterrupted without the stupid ad breaks and all that kind of all that kind of jazz. You know? Sure. And you should be able to listen to a conversation. And I think that's the beauty of like of, of podcasting. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot of, and, and the thing is I didn't start out as a podcast. I mean it was there. Right. As a podcast from the beginning, but I mean I was thinking more of the terms of a radio show and then putting it up as a podcast secondarily. But podcasting has taken off and has just been a, a fantastic thing. You know, I mean, it's so easy for people to get their voices heard. Yep. I'd say the biggest downfall, just like digital music, is there's too much of it and too much of it's good, yeah. which seems like a weird complaint. But, you know, I get, I kid you not, about 70 albums a week for the radio show. Man, that's crazy. And Sometimes, I mean, I've gotten pretty good at, at flipping through them and deciding which ones sound interesting to me. So are these but digital or are people mailing you? Digital. It okay. used to be ma- like when people yeah, mailed I, them I to was me. A, I was a loud rock director at a college radio station, so I was kind of in that same position, but we were just getting tons of CDs in the mail. Yeah. At one point, that was the case. I'd get like 30 CDs a week or so, and that's just for metal, you know? Yeah. But now, but now anyone can do it, which is awesome, which means all these great independent bands are sending us stuff, but I don't have the time to listen to all of them. There's, it doesn't exist, so I have to kind of sample through and then pull out the ones I think are the most interesting and then play them, and if, they, if I have time, I'll listen to them some more. But I mean, so the upside is great. Anybody can do this. They don't have to re- rely on record labels and all this other nonsense. They can do it the way they want to do it. But the problem is now there's so much of it, sorting through it becomes difficult. And how do you stand out for people like us, you know, for the creators? Exactly, exactly. If you're, you know, and no disrespect to Joe Rogan, I like Joe Rogan a lot. I have liked him since he was on news radio. But, you know, his show's big because he's Joe Rogan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. If he, 
if he had to start from scratch, maybe he'd still get up to the point he is because it's a good show. But there's no way of knowing because he didn't have to start from scratch. He already had a big name right. when he stepped into all of this. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's like he does he does a quality show. It's not oh he's out there and he sucks, but you know, would he have succeeded like he has without the stuff he did prior? And of course he succeeded in the stuff he did prior because he's a talented guy. Yeah. Yeah. So but it it seems like more and more bigger companies are sort of push, moving in the podcast direction and I think they're trying to squeeze out some of the smaller podcasts. We've noticed. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah because they 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 realize there's money to be made so let's let's shove this stuff at the masses you know this way but like i've been talking a lot with adam you know we're and you you can totally relate because you're from some of these subcultures but you know we're the you know we're the underground bands you know we're the real stuff we're the authentic stuff you know we're the real metal we're the yes. real punk you know they they are green day they are uh you know post uh post black album metallica <laughs> um, you know like you know we're this is this is what we've chosen you know we've chosen to be authentic and to to have right. substance and it's not going to be as easy as if we were just trying to be exploitative i mean that's right. how it is it's right we're, 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 we're more like overkill yeah where we're putting out a consistent product time after time and we'll always have people listening because they appreciate the product yeah totally all right are you sure? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're not just trying to get rid of me? No, we never get rid of you. Uh, okay. we, we pulled a pretty long shift today, man. Yeah. yeah. We went out uh, searching for, uh, we found a grave of this uh, famous antiquarian from around here who uh, oh. who said he was digging up giants and all kinds of uh, malarkey, but uh, huh. it was a... Uh, we 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 uh, got stuck in traffic for wasted a few good hours. It was mostly in traffic. Yeah, yeah. Nashville, oh, that sucks. Nashville traffic, which is always mm. fun. But we found the grave. We found his obelisk, his Osiris penis, <laughs> and his historical <laughs> state marker. And uh, huh, interesting. So, Soraya, we'll have you close this out. Um, I don't, I don't really know what you want me to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are doing it's, this thing. Coming oh, up. Yeah, you do. You are. Yeah, that's right. The Alba Twitch Festival. Yeah, the Alba Twitch Festival. It's, it's, that, we're we're gonna we're gonna give people apples. <laughs> the Alba Twitch Festival is uh, October twelfth. Yeah. In no, I'm sorry. Is it October twelfth? I actually got to look. It this actually up. is October twelfth. You're, you're okay, correct. October, yes, it's October twelfth in uh, Columbia, Pennsylvania, and I should actually be at that one, uh, along with Tim Renner and uh, maybe some other special people. I'm trying to pull out of the shadows um and but you won't be there because you'll be preparing for the strange realities conference on the 19th yes sir which will also have timothy renner as well as joshua kutchin and tim banal and other people that i don't remember oh i think adam sane's gonna be there yeah yeah that that guy's gonna be there <laughs> uh, mark anthony wyatt we've got ah yes mark zach hunt who is a, lo a local nashvillian also a writer and a blogger guy malone and guy malone from uh he lives in roswell new mexico he's actually from this area and joe and our good friend joe damari who's gonna show everybody how to find guests all right then and do you, do you have music too yeah the, we're, we're working on that there's gonna there's gonna be there's gonna be music there um well, i've told several people to bring a guitar trying to locate a banjo for for tim if he, mm. if he wants to play 
So right, we're gonna right. ha- we're gonna have that going on. Um, pre- pre- hopefully, a, a few bands. My cousin's gonna play as well. He plays his uh, dad's uh, songs that he's written. He does that all around Atlanta and around the South. So uh, he's gonna be there, and he's also gonna be the MC for the event. And uh, it's just gonna be it's an all day thing. We're pretty much gonna start like ten o'clock in the ten o'clock in the morning. We're gonna run until probably like midnight, and we're also gonna do like a big panel discussion with a bunch of guests and probably some people that are gonna be that are gonna be coming that are also kind of part of our extended family. And nice. uh, that's gonna be a, a actually recording of this podcast of Conspiracy Normal. So that's a really good idea. Yeah, we're gonna be on on stage recording. That's gonna be different. Yeah, it's gonna be mm-hmm. weird. So so pe- people can throw out all their questions to you as you record and throw beer yep. bottles. Yep. Oh, beer bottles. All and right. If people prepay right now, you go to our website, which is strangerealitiesconference.com. There is a link that says book now, and that'll take you to the Eventbrite page, and you can pay there. But if you prepay on the internet, it's 30, 30 bucks to go. Okay. And uh, at the door, it's going to be $40. And uh, since I can't be there, uh, Adam will ha- be handing out hugs from me. Okay. Uh, if, if you want. Also, also, just feel free to hug Joshua. Just, you know. Yeah. Go ahead and yeah. hug him. Yeah. I, I, I can do that for sure. We'll no, get... no, no. I meant random random people. Random people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hug Joshua. <laughs> yeah, hug Josh for sure. It, it won't weird him out or anything. He'll be fine with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're hoping to get uh, to get a good crowd of people coming out. Um, uh, it's been it's been interesting putting it together, but uh, we just kind of. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Right now, I just really I'm sure it wasn't the, easy. Yeah, right now in the promotion in the promotion stage of this whole thing. So. Oh, that's the most fun. No, wait. Yeah. Right. It's not right. the most fun. Right. <laughs> well i hope it's successful i hope you can do another one and i hope i can make the next one thank you yes yeah there, if it's successful there will definitely be a next one and we want you here and bring peter robbins along all right with you. so people i could probably do that quite easily yeah maybe mike cleland well oh. just getting a truck together awesome yeah there you go <laughs> all right so i i guess the show's the show's over now are we done? Over. Are we going to finish? Yeah, we're going to finish. All so, right. We're at theroadgo.com and? Conspiranormal.com. Strangerealitiesconference.com. Yep. Ooh, that one too. Out. Thank you, guys. Yeah, that was good. Please consider becoming a Patreon at www.patreon.com slash conspiranormal or leave a one-time donation at conspiranormal.com. And please check out our YouTube channel, Conspiranormal Podcast. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. 
That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.